Welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon. I'm Mr. Christopher. I'm Graylin Thornton. I'm Ray Bannon. I am the Cigar Pig. And I'm Mike Hernandez. And Mike, this is the first time I've met you, but you've known these two for a very long time. You came very highly recommended. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we wanted to have you on the program today to talk about some trans issues and get a little history about you and learn how uh, trans men have been feeling in our community, uh, what needs to be done more, what we could do differently, and we need your help. Well, <laughs> good. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to help out. So how do you know and, these two? Um, I met Race in the late 80s, 88 or 89. I was pre-transition for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I was there with a couple of partners and he came in with uh, Guy Baldwin. Race uh, the, the organization at the time was known as uh, Society of Janus. Oh, I remember they that. They were up here in San Francisco and L.A. L.A. subsequently became Threshold and Race Singletailed Guy. Mm. And at one point in time in the scene, Guy turned around and gave Race this look of just absolute impishness. And I thought to myself, I belong here. Wait, so first of all, hi, I am Amp. Um, but also, can we get that look of ambitionness just right into the camera right there? Just give give them that look, like right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ha, 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 ha. This is not all serious. I'm good. Uh, Graylin, I met, I did work stage crew in the uh, early 90s for Every leather contest that was in Northern California, I was on stage crew and he ran for drummer. And if Audrey ran the show, we were putting up sets and taking down sets and just working all day. You have a great memory. Oh my God. <laughs> well, 92 was my first drummer contest, too, that I just started working for a drummer. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I have met you. Uh, probably. I look substantially different. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. About 30 years there different. There were many incarnations. I had hair. I had peach fuzz. And, uh, yeah, it was all good. Um, so, Mike, uh, just so we can sort of get a baseline of, of uh, for this topic, how do you personally self-identify? And along with that, what are your kinks? I identify as gay with an exception, okay. and I predominantly, if it involves hands, I'm there. Um, I used to use floggers, but realized that it's uh, easier to pack hands, and I don't leave them places. <laughs> um, kind of hard to lose these toys, so I'm into fisting, edging, and uh, impact play predominantly. Um, so Mike, since you just, uh, we have a very diverse audience of all orientations, all predilections, and you just said gay with an exception. Can you explain? Yeah, I, uh, I have a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, my primary, my principal partner, um, Sky and I have been together for 31 years. You all know the exception because she feeds the leather community up here, runs Mama Bear Meals, um, and that's the only woman I've 
been involved with, the only one I plan to be re-involved with at this juncture of my life. But predominantly I'm interested in gay men and that's who I play and hook up with. Okay. So you transitioned a long time ago. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like back then and do you think it's different now entering the kink spaces? Substantially different. Um, I found about the possibility of transitioning at a Living in Leather conference up in Portland. And there was, I was at an edge play workshop and one of the presenters disclosed. And I remember being in the audience and thinking, oh shit, I've got to take a look at this and convince myself that, you know, back then I identified as a Butch Dyke. The people I spent the majority of my time with were Butch Dykes. And I thought, well, you know, if they're okay, I'm probably okay. And um, five of us came out of that session. Four of us came back and circled back around and talked about it. And I went back to my oh shit moment where I can't rely on anybody else. I got to figure this out for myself. Um, San Francisco in the early 90s, space was very segregated. Um, so I started taking testosterone in at some point in time in 91. There are guys these days who know the exact date of everything they did. The date I started wasn't important. Sure. It just, I started and Finding gay men to do things with was like pulling teeth. You, I'd say we need to have a conversation before we do anything. They would think that I was going to disclose that I was HIV positive. Sure, that was the I biggest fear back then. Disclose that I was trans, they'd immediately freak out, back step, back step, back step, and it would be I'd either stick around and do some education or move on to the next potential victim. Um, <laughs> and for me, I was clueless. I didn't know when somebody was interested in me. The rules of engagement in the men's community and the women's community were different. Mm -hmm. Women did not touch each other. Going into the bathroom, women talk. Going into the bathroom, straight men do not talk. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's all about consent. You ask before you touch anybody back then the way you approach gay man approaches you touch you grabbed you <laughs> grabbed you touched yeah. you groped it you made an eye contact there'd be an approach and there would be immediate touching so my first obstacle was learning to get rid of the you know the, the all of the defense mechanisms so there weren't spaces that were welcoming to trans men uh, Gay men would play with you in private, maybe, but it required a lot of conversation. Now you've got trans guys running for contests. You've got trans guys in leadership positions in clubs and organizations. There are clubs and play spaces which are welcoming. Um, and so my experience of what things were like in the early 90s and now is night and day. So do you think it's easier now? I think it's easier for me. <laughs> sure. Right but that could be because you know who you are now. Well, I think part that. of it is I got more comfortable. I figured out what I liked. And look at what I'm into. 
I'm into fisting. Fisting's not about dick. Yeah. Fisting's about technique. Nobody. It's not about your dick being hard or, or anything like that. It's all about hole. It's all about hole and eye contact and connection. Yeah. And I think that there are guys who are starting now who are having difficulties hooking up and making connections, but I fit into the bear community. I fit into the fisting community, and I've spent enough time in gale male space that I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. With trans issues becoming more at a forefront right now, especially the last five or six years, do you see a difference in gay male behavior, a more awareness? Um, yes, or has and, that changed? Yes and no. In some ways, there's more awareness. I think there's just more willingness to explore. Mm. And the fact that we've got apps now, which we did not have back no. then, mm. and let me tell you, that was a fucking learning curve. Because <laughs> when you're in a bar, you know if there's chemistry, you know if somebody's attracted to you. But then you've got to disclose and do the dance. You know, I, I work with Onyx, and we have a number of trans men in Onyx, and they consider themselves baby trans and baby gay. That They're always telling me that. But if you had a piece of advice to give to them about, you know, entering men's spaces and, and you know, navigating play spaces, what would that advice be? Well, there's two pieces of advice. The first piece of advice is take a wingman. Mm -hmm. Go with somebody who can either you're going to start playing with them so people can see you play and approach you because of the fact that you are playing. So having somebody there um, certainly helps. I am far more approachable around friends. Apparently, I look super cranky when I'm keeping <laughs> thought. And we all do, don't and we? And that's, that's yeah. a generational thing. <laughs> and, well, and I notice that if you're talking to somebody and you're laughing and you're having a good time, yeah. somebody's going to approach because that fear of rejection is universal. Mm -hmm. It's not endemic to being trans or being gay or anything. Everybody has a modicum of fear of being rejected, just like public speaking is a huge fear. So take a wingman, know what you like, make a date with yourself, spend time knowing your body, learning your body, what feels good, and learning how to communicate that to somebody else, because you're not going to get your needs met through telepathy. It just does not work. You got to open your mouth and say what you want, as one of my partners says, if you want to eat, you got to order. <laughs> if you want a steak, you can't order chicken. You're going to get chicken, you're not going to get steak. Right. right. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to that, because I remember last year up, there were two trans guys who came. Uh, they came with each other, mm -hmm. and it was the first time I had seen trans men running around naked with a bunch of other men, uh, me personally. Um, but because they were having such a fun time uh, and just laughing with everyone and each other, it put me at ease as well, and I just got to know them as people, which actually kind of surprised me. And they came back this year and got married. Oh, they did. You know, they were they were really great because. Um, they were there for the first time last year mm -hmm. and were the welcome committee. Right. And so when I walked up to be welcomed, I was like, wow, these guys are really, really fun and friendly. They I were mean, so fun. I felt at ease and I had been there years. And then you turned around and they were welcoming everyone else. You're like, oh, well, now I feel less special. <laughs> <laughs> You're more fun than me. How dare you?
But are they great? Well, the more comfortable you are, the more approachable you are, and the more you're going to have a better time. So I know, like, whenever I'm speaking to groups of people or whatever, and I give my opinion, people think that I'm, like, representing all black, gay, mm. male, leather people when it's just You're my not? opinion. No, I'm not. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I fight with, with black, gay, male, leather people just as much as I do everybody else. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess what my question is, do you ever feel like people expect you to be the spokesperson? No, but I do feel because I have the luxury of moving through that space in a way that's comfortable for me, um, I take it upon myself if I've got, if somebody wants education, I'll talk to them about stuff. You know, you don't want to be asking somebody about their transition when the conversation's about a hookup or play. You want the focus to be the hookup or play. Mm -hmm. And so I'll take an opportunity. If somebody asks me questions, I'm more, more than happy to chat about it. And when I have hooked up through the apps, if I'm, I mean, I usually will meet somebody at the, for beer or coffee before to have a conversation and see, you know, is this even potentially going to work out. And if the guy is struggling to ask a question, I'll stop him and say, look, I don't worry about the terminology. I am not easily offended. I'm not easily insulted. Say what you want to say, however you want to say it. I will help you rephrase that for somebody else. But for me, it doesn't matter. And immediately, everybody's at ease. And then we can have a chat about what we're going to do or not going to do. And I appreciate that because I'll be the first one to say, probably of this group, I'm the, I have the least amount of trans friends and I have the least amount of being around them. And I am terrified sometimes of saying the wrong thing because of the vernacular has changed so much, pronouns uh, being canceled. I see a lot of infighting. Do you find, like you just said, you fight with your black brothers all the time. Do you find, there seems to be a constant non-agreement going on and you hear you're supposed to say one thing but then the other so I get to the point where I'm paralyzed to say anything because I don't want do you find attacking your allies my intent is not to offend but sometimes my vernacular does and it, it, it makes me go quiet it's generational yeah mm -hmm. so the fight right now is when I came out we identified as FDM and transmit mm -hmm. Or now you hear men of trans experience, uh, guys who have transitioned will use trans during the transition period and use men at the end. Everybody's different. The younger generation is highly offended at the term FDM. Mm. Just like I never used the word transsexual. I was not changing my sex. Yeah. I was coming into my mm -hmm. gender. So if you're talking to somebody in my age group, certain language is not going to be offensive. If you're talking to somebody in their 20s and 30s, they may be offended. But how do you keep up with that? It changes so fast. And I know. Right. You don't. <laughs> and I'm so old, I can barely keep up with the thing I learned 10 years ago. But what you yeah. need to worry about is being mindful. What a lot of people don't, don't they get so bent out of shape like you do sometimes by making sure you're going to say the right thing. What? <laughs> that 
you, you lose focus of, you just are trying to be respectful and mindful of the person and, and their space. You're not trying to be disrespectful if you use the wrong terminology, but how you react to someone being like, actually, do you mind not using that word? Or actually, I prefer this. How you react to that and hopefully learn, but course correct, shows mindfulness. Sure. And I think that's what people forget when they have this conversation. It's not that we're trying to offend someone. Everyone's always trying to, I hope, like at the heart of my heart, it's like hope that people are being respectful, but it's how they react or show that, that mindfulness of space that, that I think shows their intent. What? 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 Race has got a rule. Don't be an asshole. That's a really simple rule, <laughs> you know? That's, that's, that's <laughs> a bare minimum. Don't be an asshole. And if you say to somebody, hey, I'm interested in learning more. I'm afraid to say something wrong. Can you help me out here? It becomes both of you are working together to, to have the conversation. Sure. There are some conversations you're going to have at a bar that are gonna be different than the conversations you're gonna have in the dungeon. And I do think if you preface any communication with someone and say, I am afraid I'm going to say something wrong, or if I do say something wrong, please correct me because I wanna learn, I wanna do it right, you know, per your own needs, very few people take offense at that. Right. Pretty much everyone is ready to say, okay, cool. So I have another question for you. Can I have that shirt? <laughs> no. Wait, what is your shirt? Um, this is a shirt from a club back in the 90s. Can I lift your beard? Yeah, ash. yeah. There. Oh, I love the way you do the beard sweep. Yeah, I know. Then, right? <laughs> Can you give it to us one more time? So uh, yeah, give us. Hey, with something this long, this oh, is how it is. You either braid it or it goes in the shirt or everything winds up on the beard. Hot, 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 hot ash. Hot ash. Hot ash. What is it? It was a cigar club. Uh, they did cigar play. It was a bunch of guys. It was one of the first groups that I joined pre-transition. They didn't give a shit if I was hanging out smoking cigars. I just couldn't go to the play parties, and I didn't care. Really? I wanted to hang out and smoke cigars. So you were banned from the play parties? Well, it wasn't banned. It was men's only space, and I hadn't transitioned. Okay. Well, that makes mm. sense. And how'd you feel about that? I didn't, it didn't bother me. No. When did you see that change, though? Like, when were you allowed to, as you transitioned or as you explored your sex and gender, like, how, how did that all... That club changed. There were, I mean, the sling up here was the first men's only space that I ever went to. Mm. Hal Heller took me to the sling. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, I had not topped. I'd had my ass fisted. I'd had my hands in other holes, but not assholes. And so he took me to the sling. I was nervous. Um, friend of his was there. He introduced us. I played with that guy and had playdates lined up for the rest of the night mm. wow. because all I had to do was shake hands and it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I basically stopped to piss, hydrate, and wash my hands and must have played with 20 guys. Wow. And every time I went into that space, it was the same thing. And so I got comfortable. And had a good time. Yeah, I miss the sling. I miss all those. Yeah. It was over on Natoma. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I love that place. That place was amazing. It was. I mean, just looking at your hands now, I'm like, 
We're all getting a little bit horny over here, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's 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 like, hey. I can get out of handcuffs left-handed. <laughs> okay? And so, into them. <laughs> and so what I would do is I would pair up with a guy with big paws. I'd be the opening act. He'd be the closing number. Everybody. <laughs> people who start out the fisting party are called the opening act. <laughs> the opening act is what you call someone who starts the fisting party? Yeah. The um, wide opening. The wide opening act. Well, here's to my big opening. I mean, forget it. Just see everyone standing around like, well, that opening act is late, so. <laughs> and you know what? I, my hands are small. I have two. <laughs> when you're done, do they give you a round of applause? <laughs> I'm loving this. Oh, yeah. So before we get to our next question, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Vark & Co. and Mr. S. Leather. At Vark & Co., pigs make us happy, so we want to make them happy. We have a wide selection of top brands and handmade floggers, exotic wooden paddles, and humidors for cigar aficionados. No matter how you identify, we at Vark & Co. have just the right piece for you. Because after all, we work hard to make pigs happy, because pigs make us happy. Now, you know, it's interesting because how? what's your advice for people attending? play spaces in terms of all different gender and diversity being at the play space what kind of advice do you give folks given the limited space and equipment it helps if you've got a date lined up before you show up I'm used to playing at Delta which is a four-day event so I get to play my style which is chaotic improvisation I like to laugh I need to be entertained so I have created some fairly elaborate scenes that have gone on for a long period of time that I can just put into motion, sit back and enjoy how it fleshes out. There, you've got the luxury of playing with multiple people in one day because it's not a four-hour party with 12 pieces of equipment and you got to get in and out so somebody else can enjoy the space. So it's helpful if you know people it's helpful if you come with the date, and the way to get play is to play. Mm -hmm. If you stand in the corner, you're not going to get noticed. You're going to be standing in the corner. And so that, I think that across the board is get out there, get seen, doing the thing you love to do, and then expand from there. Can we go, can we go back to chaotic improvisation? <laughs> <laughs> chaotic improvisation. I met a guy at Delta. We, he was introduced to me. We negotiated a scene, and at the end of that scene, he says to me, I hope you're not offended. I'm into gnomes. <laughs> Whoa. And was, was, was Rain, Wayne Brady there himself? Wayne <laughs> Brady was not there, but I was like, okay, that's an esoteric piece of information. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck do I do with that? Took me an entire day to figure out, you've talked about me. Oh, <laughs> were you wearing a red cap? I was not wearing a red cap. <laughs> But, you know, the next year I got him some Playboy bunny ears and a bow tie and some stuff. And uh, we had him, paraded him around the mess hall. And uh, that was the extent of the scene that I had planned. But I, I found out that at, right after lunch, there was a puppy mosh. So I brought the rabbit. We did a rabbit hunt. 
<laughs> the puppies had a blast. Sure. I was highly entertained. He came back with an ear lopsided full of piss. Uh, you were dressed up as Elmer Fudd, or I was not dressed oh. up as Elmer Fudd. But then we, there was another scene that was devised. The next year, I, I was telling somebody about that scene, and somebody said, "Hey, if he's into gnomes, I can be your property master." And created these little mushrooms with uh, oh uh, my floral God. lighting. <laughs> and created a pathway down to the gazebo. The guy who I was playing with is an artist and had gnomes in his art. And so I copied a couple of things and I put them on trial for gnome fondling and gnome. Fondling. <laughs> I love that. <it. laughs> Not the land. Gnome fondling. Wow. So I had a property master, I had a costumer, um, I got a few friends. We show up at the gazebo knowing that the scenes everywhere would be disrupted if we do this. <laughs> a couple of guys are getting a blowjob. They disappear. I start my trial. It gets dark. I've got a little miner's cap mm -hmm. so that I can see my That's exhibits. Great. And I'm asking them questions. I'm, but it's a full-blown trial. <laughs> and I've got a peanut gallery. And they're all talking like this. <laughs> That's great. That okay, is great. I want to be clear to our okay. viewers. This does not happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it should. But it really? should. This, please do not do this. Please do not start this kink. This was a good time. Are you saying there's no way? There's no oh, way. But you know, oh. the lesson in that for all of us is just lighten up when you attend yep. these mm -hmm. things, take people from where they're at, have a good time, and if something's going on, jump in and just really play. Yeah, because if you had been offended and walked away, oh. you would have never have had that amazing scene. The guys, <laughs> the guys who were playing, who left when I started my scene, came back with play partners that they had scenes set up with, and they said, Mike Hernandez is doing something, and <laughs> we gotta go watch. Yeah, we're not sure. So yeah. the trial lasted for about an hour. We had we had a pieces. We had. I'm yeah, not uh, sure what that is. It's piss play is. recess, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we had a pieces. One of the guys there was an attorney, so there were immediate appeals and decisions coming back and forth. That's great. So his character witness disappeared. I had made a passport that had hanky colors. He oh. rolled Dungeons and Dragons dice to figure out how much of which thing was going to happen. We all walked up to the upper dungeon, and I swear to God, nine of us came in, and the only thing I could hear was absolute silence. Not enough space, we turned out, we walked out, the guy running the cat taxi started calling uh, where we were, wound up playing Keebler Central. It got very elaborate. <laughs> there were a lot of people involved. The next year I came to the uniform party and I, I created a Gnomeland security. Gnomeland security. Uh, I had a, you know, I created a, a coat of arms. So it just, I mean, That's if great. you're going to play, play. We're going to need pictures of all this, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have audio of the oh, questions. Oh, even better. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that would be great. Well, you know what's going to happen now is um, 
Someone is going to definitely write in and say, oh my God, I'm in the gnome. Oh, yeah, which you is just started a whole gnome fetish. Which is great. Yeah, there's a title, you International you Mr. Gnome. My concern was that there would be a fetish and that I would be the founder. Now you are. Now you are. You are. But I mean, those scenes are a one-off. They're a one thing. It's a, right. I tend to do one-shot deals that are entertaining and the joy of it is creating something and then figuring out the workaround because things don't always go as planned. And so I love the planning and I love the workaround. You're just, you're literally being a DM, which has always stood for Dungeon Master, but also like D&D, &D. you're just being a DM. This, right, is, exactly. this is just Dungeons and Dragons with your pants off. You know, in an early episode, we talked about, you know, fake it till you make it, which we don't mean with impact play or anything that's really serious. However, when you're in a space and something like that starts, Enjoy it. Yes. Engage. Oh, yeah. Just start going with the flow and having a good time. This this is a perfect example. We talk about playing all the time. It's play. This is true play. Right. Oh, yeah. This is true play, and I think it's a really good example. I love for it. People. Yeah. You know, we just got back from from Gear Up. The four of us did, and I had this scene planned where I was going to have my sub tied up, um, suspended from a tree. Um, I had wax that I was going to drip on them because in my mind, it was just going to make this beautiful picture dripping down. I had lighting. I had all this stuff set up. And then when I told another friend of mine, he said, but you know that wasn't going to happen. None of that happened. You know, I ended up just doing cigar play. You know? but, but I loved the whole setup, right. you know. But you had a good time. I did. I did. But you had a good time. Right. And so I took this one little piece of information. I hope you're not offended. I'm into gnomes. At the end of the first scene we ever did, he turns to me and says, you know, you could be meaner. <laughs> you're too playful. I, actually, I understand that note, because if it's too playful, I will get out of subspace. And so, then, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's go. I love that anymore. Anymore. So I have a question. You've been in the contest system from very early on. How have you seen that change over time? Is it become more accepting, or has it become more... Rigorous. I mean, I've never run for a title. I've worked as part of staff, either stage crew or running food and beverage. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how the contest system works. I do know that there are more contests where trans men are entering and winning. Mm -hmm. You had one in San Francisco. You've had contest hold at Chicago, two, at IML. You know, two IML title holders, a guy in Florida. So I think that things are changing. Um, and But, you know, you guys had an entire episode on contests on, on contest. <laughs> and the drama around that. A question. Yeah. How many of you guys are theater kids? It shows, okay. But you, you were never, you were never like into theater, but you're into like D and D campaigns and kink and contests putting together. Like that's that's a lot of like, that's a lot of. There's a lot of overlap there with like theater well, kid it's skills. It's the one space in my life out that that I can be creative. Yeah. 
Which is, yeah, that's what kink is, is it's being creative and yeah. you just don't have to always wear clothes. And, you know, 80 to 90% of my scenes are the traditional, we're going to get together and we're going to do impact or we're going to do this, that, or the other thing. He wound up being an incredible bottom. Um, I've got a lot of latitude. He likes being embarrassed. I, you know, some years I didn't know what I was going to do and went into Walmart. They had a rooster costume. He was a cock. That a donkey costume, he was an ass. I, he was a sacrificial lamb one year. At some point in time, he's going to be a scapegoat. Not during the contest. This is, this is that Delta. And I've got a co-conspirator, one of my best friends. We transitioned within a couple of years of each other, Billy. Billy and I get together, and within moments, there is this, there, we're off and running. There are ideas, there are stuff, we have fun, we laugh, people have fun around us, you know, we're doing our scene and the bottom and the next scene over is chiming in. Mm -hmm. Let's hope that the top's not terribly offended, <laughs> but it's like I, I like to laugh, and if I'm not entertained, what's the point? Right. If one thing comes out of this... The phrase chaotic improvisation. Right. <laughs> which is exactly what you described. And those are your best scenes. Right, they yeah, are. They are. The, in the moment, connection, chaotic improvisation. That is, I will always attribute it to you now. Thank you. Oh, yeah. But it is a great phrase. And it, it took me 20 years to figure it out, but now that I figured it out, I'm running with it. Nothing stops a scene quicker than no. Right. Yes, yes, and if exactly. you're taking anything from improv, it should be having fun, whether it's scenes, whether it's putting together a, a kink weekend or a contest. But like what comes to mind when when daddy's asked about the contest is like the one question we always get, which is are trans people allowed at this thing mm -hmm. whenever we go to a thing every single time? And of course you are. But what people don't always realize is sometimes the, the people that they're wondering are, are they allowed there are literally helping to run, organize, put together and make sure the contest happens. So like, what do you say to people when they kind of give you that flack or that, that feedback of, oh, well, trans people aren't allowed at this thing? Well, I mean, at this point, I don't have to do a lot because there are enough allies and there's enough community that they're stepping in. Mm. Um, so I'm not the one who's doing the work. There's other members in the community. My opinion has always been if you join a club, volunteer, work, make yourself yeah. useful, make yourself invaluable. Those are the people who are gonna have your back mm -hmm. if somebody mm -hmm. says you can't come. Yeah. Nobody's saying I can't come to stuff. So typically, I mean, you don't have to go so far as to say, and trans too, you can say, this is a men's only contest, all men are welcome. If you have questions, here's our contact person. So if you want to run a contest or you want to do something that's trans-inclusive, talk to the trans people in your community. Get some of them to help out with the process. Have a point person who will take complaints and actually do something about it. Um, and I think you wind up getting where you want to be. And you just brought up a good point because we just were at Gear Up and we said it was a men's only event. And we got a few comments from that saying, well, why don't you invite trans men? I feel like that's implied in saying men's, 
Is that, do we have to go one step further and say men's and trans men? No, I think you say all men are right. welcome. Right. And you know, you said something earlier that I think is really germane to all of this is when you said, I was expressing my gender. And you know, there's a real misunderstanding of the difference between sex, organs, and gender. And you know, I think a lot of people don't think about that, that someone's gender has nothing to do with physical attributes. You know, gender is not a physical attribute. It is what you are. And when you said early on in your transition that at that time, you know, it wasn't as common, and I was really just expressing my gender, if people just think about that and understand the definition of gender, I think that that question wouldn't be asked as much. I think it's a level of misunderstanding or misinformation. I agree. You know, I wonder, though, if, if saying all men are welcome is an age thing because I do I work with a lot of younger people in my club and they list everything so I unlike you I say well it says all men are welcome but in our in our verbiage we say including trans men femme men these men they list it all here's the problem is the second you say men and trans men you're now Trans men are different than men. Right. Right. Okay, but it also puts it out there that this space is inclusive for you. Right. So I I think if you've got language and you've got the support of the community and somebody who somebody can reach out to and says, hey, I saw this, this is who I am, can I come? You say yes, the word's going to get out. Yeah. Do we, in those instances... Like, do how do people, if they see the wrong verbiage used, like, how do you correct someone or a group or a, a bar? Like, do you just approach them nicely? Like, what what's what does that interaction look like? Because so many people, I think, get bent out of shape in a wrong way when they get corrected, even when their intent might have been just to be inclusive. Kind of like I this mean, right here again. That's me. No. I, think, I, <laughs> that's think, me. <laughs> I think for me, I'd go up to the organizer and say, what was the thought process or what was the process surrounding this verbiage? Why did you select this verbiage? What was important for you about the process? And then you talk about how the way something got phrased could be misconstrued. And you have a genuine conversation that's not adversarial. Mm -hmm. I think once you're pissed off, walking that back gets challenging, mm-hmm. but you're not going to effectuate change by constantly butting heads. Exactly. And, you know, one thing with all that listing, and I'm not saying it's people shouldn't do it. This is just my thought. Oh, I say people should do it. Well, <laughs> but I think it's almost comes off as pandering and people don't realize it. You know, men are men. And if you say, you know, it's a men's event and men show up, they're men. But, but maybe we're in a transition period. We are, so to speak. Um, that we need to be to articulate specifics to make sure everyone knows they're welcome. At some point, maybe we will say, "Well, and we do. We are in transition, and I think we have to get there because, again, gender is very different than all these other physical attributes. And once, as a community, we're able, and it isn't like to understand it and say people aren't understanding, but where we really internalize that, like just be what you are, take people where they're at." And don't assign things to them that you think in your head. Well, and look, I'm getting my needs met. 
I'm polyamorous, I've got three relationships, I'm hooking up, I'm having more positive experiences than negative experience, mm. I'm not going to be as triggered by language. Yeah. Somebody who's just starting out and is struggling to be accepted in a space is going to feel differently mm -hmm. and their level of offense is going to be different. Mm -hmm. I like it when guys come up to me and say, I'm into trans men. I know other guys who are like, I'm being fetishized, I'm being objectified. Um, just like you were talking about in one of the early episodes, the articles at the end of Drummer looking for black guys. Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. that was very offensive to you. You wouldn't play with that person in a million years. Right. The bottom line is, how do you feel after that statement was made? If you feel bad, if you feel fetishized and objectified, don't hook up. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the information. Yeah. Good. No, I That's love good. being fetishized when it's me initiate, initiating it. You know, like if I'm in mid-play and we start using language that other people might find offensive, then that makes me even harder and makes me even want to go more. I mean, uh -huh. again, we were at a, a play party recently and it was loud in the room because people love to talk in play spaces these days. <laughs> However, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> never do that. <laughs> you are silent as a church mouth. Look at the camera when you say that. <laughs> I love that. But, but you know, I'm used to, with the men I was playing with, we're used to using language that would freak other people out. So I had to whisper it and then and he couldn't hear it because other people were talking. So I'm like, yeah, you want your black daddy, don't you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Graylin, we couldn't hear you over here. What did you say? But, you know, so I, I actually love that. But I want yeah. it to come from me and, and for it to be organic and just sort of grow that way. And I think that, the, again, mindfulness. Yeah. It's yeah, intent, exactly. mindfulness, respect. Well, as we all know, we always say there are no stupid questions. However, what is the stupidest question you've ever been asked? <laughs> I, I don't think it's stupid. I think it's naive and it comes up a lot. Uh -huh. And it's typically from men who are smooth, who want to know if taking testosterone will make them hairy. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, just so everybody knows, Hair is genetics plus testosterone. Yeah. If you are cisgendered, I hate the term, non-trans, non-trans man, and you take testosterone, too much testosterone aromatizes into estrogen. Right. Which is why bodybuilders get gynecomastia. They call them bitch tits. Bitch tits, right. So your balls are going to shrink. Your body's going to stop producing testosterone you're going to produce estrogen mm -hmm. if you don't have the genetics there's nothing you can do to get hairy mm. can i ask and this comes from not offended i'm not looking to start any drama but i'm just curious like why why don't you like the term cis mm. i you know it's one of those i have an issue with language um this whole thing about quiet quitting Quiet quitting is not quitting. You're doing your fucking job. If you're doing your job, you haven't quit. <laughs> Cisgendered is one of those terms that some academic used to be able to explain someone who was assigned male at birth, born male, assigned male at birth, 
to create a shortcut to convey a concept. Um, it's used negatively. It's taken on a negative connotation. A lot of my friends are men who are not trans. And it's like, why? I don't know. I have an issue with the whole male privilege thing as well. Because when I started transitioning, the women were all upset. I was in that community. I was run out of that community uh, because I had male privilege. Well, you know, I didn't transition and suddenly have $100,000 in a bank account <laughs> and get a platinum American Express. And as a man, if you've got a gap in a work history or you leave something off the resume, the assumption is you were in jail. If you're a woman and you've got a gap in work history, the assumption is you went off and had kids. So there are some things that just annoy the living crap out of me, and that's one of them. No, that's totally fair. I was just curious. Like, I, I don't. I'm not offended by by that take either. And I, I definitely have seen how the online spaces, with all the vitriol that happens, turn certain words into things that, that cause offense and harm and make people feel uncomfortable. But I think, again, it kind of does boil down to the usage and the intent of why we're using it. Like, I'm not going to get mad if someone uses cis to refer to me, well, but the, unless it's used in a very aggressive way. The, the, the reason I, I go quiet sometimes is because I'm accused of being a cis male, which the way that the term is used is my opinion doesn't matter. Um, and then I'm like, okay, then why am I... Why am I being an ally? Why am I talking about these issues if I am a cis male who knows nothing? Well, and you can't lump everybody into the same right. group. You get one person being an asshole. That's one person being an asshole. It can't taint the entire group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? and I, yeah, and I think you both express what I saw. Being a medical provider, you know, I'm a retired nurse, worked with the community a lot. And, you know, it all of a sudden turned into being used as a weapon. And, you know, it got weaponized in a very strange way, and it wasn't meant to be, but that's where it is now. And I think people do have to be mindful, like you say, about how it's used. I mean, I think you address bad behavior across the board. Regardless, Because yeah. it's bad behavior. Somebody's yeah. acting out, kick them out of the space. Right. Speaking of allies and being attacked and etc., a lot of people are allies to, to the trans community. We are living in a world where the trans community is being, and if I'm saying trans community and that isn't a good way to say it, tell me, is being attacked. <laughs> you know? ah. See, that's an example of me saying, educate me. Exactly. Right. Right. Someone in the comments is educating you right now. Don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we are living in a world where they are demonizing trans people right. on the, you know, from the right wing yeah. as a political tool so what can allies do right now to help the trans community get through this period of being attacked so much? I mean, I think if you've got the ability to donate, you donate to the Transgender Law Center, Lambda Legal, and the ACLU, which yep. are the three groups who are dealing with legal challenges across the country. If you're talking about supporting individuals, you go to your trans friends and you say, hey, if you need a safe space, right. if you need help, I will, I w am willing to step up and be your shield. Right. I am not going to speak for you, but if you need backup, I'm there. 
Um, and so I think like when Roe versus Wade got uh, overturned, people were saying, if you need to leave, my house is a safe space. That's wonderful. Come, come be here. Um, you know, parents are being prosecuted in uh, uh, Texas for gender-affirming care for youth. I would have killed for gender-affirming right. care for youth. The ability to go on hormone blockers oh. and not have to deal with a bunch of stuff Centuries. that was just unbearable at the moment would have been nice. My parents wouldn't have gone for it. But see, I think that's so important that as a community, they are right now trans people or the trans community is the focal point of attack but they're attacking all of us and we just have to unite be supportive of one another not allow that tactic of theirs to work and you're right you know all these misinformation and lies that are out there you know what worries me the most is when they say they're going to stop any kind of trans care the majority of trans care for anybody under 18 is counseling it's support it's community it's support groups and it's not all the lies that are out there and we have to just stop separating ourselves we're self-segregating and that's what's going to damage us and let me just say that there are elements within our community that want to lop off the T and the Q, yeah. and the Q from the LGBT. So I think we need to be more allied, more together, right. more more cohesive than ever before because we are being attacked as a whole. Absolutely. All of us are being attacked. And if we don't band together. We're one community. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason some folks are trying to get rid of the T is the T's not a sexual orientation. All of the others are. See, we're lumped together because we're all being attacked for being different. Right. For being other, for not following the rules that the, you know, conservative society is dictating. I was not good following rules the first time around. <laughs> sure is not going to be doing it now. Well, and also when these, when our brothers and sisters grow up in our community before they even transition, they are, they're, they're still queer. I, I think that's one of the reasons that I, as an older gay man, have sort of adopted queer more than I used to, is that it's this big bucket into which we can place many people who oh, didn't right. feel like they belonged elsewhere, and and I'm okay with that. And Me too. Despite it not being a sexual orientation, I still want them in my community. Absolutely. Right. Tony de Blas was one of the first men who was very vocal and very out there. I still have the email from him trying to get us, trying it for it to be okay for men like me to be in men's only space. And he started that at IML in 97 or 98, trying to get us into Chicago Hellfire. And what he did was he'd introduce us to a Chicago Hellfire member. That member would be very excited, would offer to extend an invitation. And then it was like, well, I can't go. What do you mean you can't go? I'm trans. Oh, back, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Mm. After Tony died, Peter Fisk took up the mantle. And there have been plenty of other men, but the guys that I know are Peter and Tony. Yeah. And if it hadn't been for them, I don't think that things would have changed. I don't think we'd be where we are. Hmm. It took a long time to get here. But things have gotten better. Things are getting better. And, you know, K 
take us about having a good time. Right. Well, you brought up Delta earlier. Wasn't Delta one of the first runs to admit and, and welcome transmit? Yeah, yeah, they were. Were there any runs that were a holdout and didn't for a long time? Mm-hmm. Oh, are we not moving <laughs> <laughs> no, that? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I don't think you should punish organizations that have changed, the fa regardless of how long it took. The fact of the matter is they've changed. Things are moving in the right direction. You move on. Speaking of names, here's a, here's a question. Uh, when you transition, names change, pronouns change. Are you going to, now that it's X, will you dead name it and continue to call it Twitter? Absolutely, because the, <laughs> the X in chief doesn't sound as good as the twit in chief. <laughs> and for all those who don't know, certain musky people continue to dead name their children right. even though they oh. have transitioned, which is just, as we've learned today, not mindful, respectful, or conscious of, you know, the fact that he's an asshole. She's an asshole. I love that. And now, to follow up on the pig's question about stupid questions, have there have you ever had any questions that made you think or made you feel good? Far less, as you can see. <laughs> no, I'm sure that there were questions. I, I'm sure that there were questions that validated my identity that felt good. Mm -hmm. But it's easier to remember the bad than it is to remember the good. You educate more with humor mm -hmm. and patience than you do with anger. Exactly. And so in the beginning, when I was trying to hook up, it got to the point where I was going to have a conversation. I might as well make it entertaining for me because the time I spent was going to make it better for somebody else. That's great. You know, talking about changes in clubs and parties and stuff, uh, we just had a party called Pound Town. And part of that party is um, Blue Bailey, Stephen Ferris, runs this contest that he calls the America's Best Bottom Contest. And this year, a trans man won. And the way you win that contest is you have to do a talent. And this this guy had talent that you make animals out of yeah he had those balloons and he was working them in like both holes and the audience just went nuts over oh, that great. and i just thought you know five years ago we wouldn't have been able to do this mm -hmm. but now the whole audience is just into it and and you know the poor cis men are over there bouncing on dildos and no one cares <laughs> 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 the working <laughs> i love it oh that's great, great. <laughs> Actually, talking about humor, so I have a okay. little game for you. Of the cast members here of On Guard, uh, you know the game Fuck, Marry, Kill? Mm -hmm. Who would you fuck, marry, or kill? Yes. <laughs> All of you at different times. They're not mutually exclusive games. <laughs> you know, first you fuck, then you get married, and eventually oh, somebody gets killed. We've all seen plenty of those cases. So, uh, so you're, just, mean, you're just not going to pick? You know? No, no, no. I mean, look, the bottom line is I've got two very long-term relationships. I'm not married yet. Uh-huh. So, okay. do the math. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> nobody, nobody has said anything that is kill-worthy. 
So it's fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Well, but you know, we're back to your hands now that you're talking about. <laughs> right. So, you know. I love it. I have only taken a fist once. <laughs> I, I, get, I have friends who will bring me guys who want to be fisted, who've gotten close, who haven't. And um, the goal in those situations is not to get in. The goal in those situations is to have a good time and feel good and stop when it's not feeling good anymore because you're going to want to do it again the next time. Mm -hmm. We'll talk. <laughs> I mean, fisting is so mainstream now. It's like yeah. everybody's just fisting away. Every time I turn on X, Twitter, you know, someone's just, you know, punching their assholes now. You know, I've got the benefit of 30-some-odd years of experience, and I, it's one of my favorite things to do. Well, great. I think I'm going to call time on this. Uh, thank you so much. I have learned a lot. I know Incredible. everyone else here has as well. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, or how can they reach you? Um, I'm on Recon. Okay. I'm on Scruff and Grinder and Ass Pig. All of them are Chef, the number two, and the letter B. That's great. That'll be on the screen below. Are there any projects you'd like to plug? Yes, I'm involved with the Bear History Project, Less Right, and a group of guys are collecting bear history, all genders, all races, everybody um, who's got something to contribute. We're on Facebook as Bear History Project. Um, there's also a, a FTM leather, leather discussion, FTM Leatherman and Friends, also on Facebook and Discord. Okay, great. So if you want to reach us, you can go to onguardsalon.com. Um, if you want any of our merch, which we are not wearing today. No. <laughs> oh, actually, I you am. Are. Uh, you can go to uh, safewordshop.com. Uh, if you like what we do here, please leave a comment down below. Please hit that subscribe button. We're up to 7,000 subscribers yeah. now. Wow. Which is amazing. Um, also, I just want to make a little note that we do have a new audio system, so hopefully that. We know that the last few episodes have been terrible audio. We know that. We've been trying to fix it, and we're working on it. So thank you for sticking with us. But Mike, thank you so much for coming on oh, today. Great. Really welcome. appreciate it. I had it. a really good time. Thanks, guys. Good. And with that, we will see you guys next time. Bye! Bye.